Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of For Future Considerations. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. Uh, I would hope you've had numerous beverages already to make this show sound even better than it probably will be, but... I hope you enjoy the uh, the day, however you have to do the abbreviated St. Patrick's Day, but uh, we are here to bring uh, episode 15 right into your, your wonderful years and homes, and we bring in at this point... Manny Pava, John Rashad, gentlemen. Top of the morning. How many? How many in are we so far? (laughs) I've just had one, and it's not green. I do have something green on me, but I'm getting it looked at. I've I've got the Ryan Gingers. (laughs) Out of boy, Rashad. Rashad's one. uh, One of those little kegs, the Heineken little kegs, Bubba's. (laughs) He's one Bubba in. That's what it is. That's fantastic. (laughs) The end of the show is going to get real interesting. Is that by the end of the show? Will you be speaking Irish or have the Irish accent? <laughs> Rapid fire may just be a, a slew of burps and <laughs> burps and whatever. Things John has always wanted to tell us, but just hasn't gotten around. To. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Confessions for future considerations. Confessions coming up in about twenty-five minutes. The spinoffs off this podcast oh, is unbelievable. Man. We're like Law and Order, really, really. Yeah, yeah like the, the, this. I mean, Law and Order was on for a while before they got eight spinoffs we've been on for a month and a half basically we got five extra shows that we're doing here i'm sure you'd like to see Long your family order. at some point but csi was taking us. so if you have r- a confession if you've got uh, somebody that- <laughs> if you've got somebody for after dark if you've got uh, well we'll keep going oh man well, I'm I'm trying to drink my Ryan ginger, but you guys are trying to make me laugh too much. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to get through this with a straight face. Oh man! Hey, Rashad, where are we in the most dangerous animals? Have you watched uh, that yet? Have, no, we haven't watched it yet. Actually, we got into your. Oh, is that all right with Cranston? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty good. The one teenage kid on there, I wanted to. Kill him, actually. Okay. <laughs> oh my. That's another no, he, episode. <laughs> well, he deserves it. He, he, he murdered somebody else, and that happens in the first five minutes of the show, so I'm not spoiling it. Oh, he's the he, he hit somebody, right? And then the, yeah. the dad trying to cover it up, or he's a judge yeah. or something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's worth a spin. You would recommend? Rashad recommends? Yep. Yeah, Get I Get the stamp out. Boom. Boom. Rashad recommends. Rashad's recommend. Okay. That's good. All okay, right. I'm writing this down. Your honor. We're going to watch that. Yeah, we need something. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be going on for much longer. So Between sports and your honor, we're set. <laughs> well, before we get into the show, uh, too far into the show, we wanted to say congratulations to Sarah. Yes. So Sarah knew the answer to name that player, uh, which is uh, part of the OT that we played uh, last Friday. Um, so again, we gave clues, uh, five clues, I think it was, uh, for um, specific athlete. And it's your job to guess who that athlete is, and uh, you'd won a wonderful prize. And Sarah did just that. So the clues that we had at the time uh, was the first overall pick uh, in uh, in the MLB draft. 
made his major league debut in 1983, played for both New York teams, and appeared in the Simpsons Homer the, uh, at the Bat episode. Um, and that was Daryl Strawberry, who uh, on last Friday uh, turned 59. 59? Yeah. Who would have put the betting odds on Strawberry making 59 at wow. some point if you saw the 30 on 30? Yeah, him and Dwight. Yes, right? that's right. Doc Gooden? Yeah. He looked rough in that 30 Ooh, for 30, did right? he ever. Yeah. Hey, Manny, I'm interested to know who was your... You had somebody else in mind at first. Who who was your other guy that you thought it might have been? I thought it was Gooden. And then uh, when um, Matt gave okay. us the homer at the bat uh, mm-hmm. clue, right. yeah, I knew it was Strawberry. Did you have somebody in mind? Yeah, I thought it might have been David Cohn, actually. Ah. But uh, oh, okay. the, the draft year was wrong. But he did play for both New York he teams. He did play for both New York teams, yeah. 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 So right. so thank you, Sarah, first for listening uh, to us knuckleheads last week, and secondly for sending us your answer to the game that we played. We had a number of correct answers, too, but John picked your name out of the hat. We will get in touch with you about the prize that you have won. So thanks again, Sarah. You join uh, Ryan, Rob, Troy as our winners on the OT so far. There you go. And if you've missed any of our shows, so we encourage you to go back and listen to some of the sports debates, some of the people that we've had on, and some of the interviews as well. Uh, Steve Bell, Jeff Kurzakis, uh, to name uh, a couple of them that we've had so far. Uh, of course, we do have uh, some some more news coming up uh, later on. Just uh, tease that Ooh. one a little bit. But uh, they call that a teaser, boys and girls in the, in the industry. <laughs> That only one of us works in now. <laughs> it's called a teaser. <laughs> and if you do go back and listen to last week's show, for example, you'll hear a little error where uh, I um, told everyone that Chris Weber wasn't much of an NBA player, uh, five-time All-Star. <laughs> <laughs> Led uh, the rebounds. He's had his number four retired by Sacramento. Has he? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He has. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for some reason, I got him mixed up with uh, someone else. And uh, I talked to an NCAA uh, guy that I know who's big into the NCAA. And he's like, were you thinking of uh, Christian Leitner, who had a lot of uh, uh, hype behind him and never amounted to much in the NBA? But that wasn't him. Mm. It was somebody else. And I could not for the life of me remember. It was that same year that uh, Weber made his uh, timeout that wasn't a timeout. But, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I cannot for the life of me figure out who it is. I looked all over the internet and uh, it was somebody. Yeah, there was a there was a guy and uh, and he was, was he was a great college player and he wasn't very good in pro and there is that guy. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah, that. So I got to apologize to Mark who pointed out. Oh, are you sure it wasn't so he, Chris he Weber who called you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, John! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny! I didn't realize that he was drafted by the Orlando Magic. I guess I forgot that part in the um, in the the thirty for thirty because he got flipped right for Amphrey. Penny Hardaway. Yeah, Penny, Penny. Oh yeah, Anthony Hardaway. Yep, yep. yep. Um, but I always loved uh, Weber for Michigan. I didn't realize his number was retired by Sacramento, but it is. His number is retired by Sacramento. Well, that, see. Yeah, Johnny wasn't very good. John, you're full of knowledge. Way to make up for your dismal performance last week. You give me seven days, I'll pull up his Wikipedia. I got it. Remember, you can follow us on social media where we will post content and links from our shows as well as videos and stories. And if you send us any messages, too, uh, we'll retweet them as well and, and post them on our social media. Yeah, podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. 
for future considerations on Facebook. And as Matt said, we got a special guest coming up later this week. So we'll spill the beans later on in the show. We don't want to miss that. And we've got a lot on the show today, including rapid fire and football, even some soccer talk, which I don't think we've done yet. And uh, we're going to start with hockey, though. We have a lot to get to. So we're now at the halfway point of the NHL season. So let's get our predictions for division winners. We'll start in the north. Will Toronto hang on? They only have one win in their last six games. Uh, they're going a little off the rails. <laughs> Don't sound too excited about that, John. Looks like the Canucks fan is coming over the top with the steel chair. <laughs> hey, uh, Leafs fans, have you looked at the stands? Somebody's closer. <laughs> Someone's been winning in March. <laughs> Plus, you got the the Sens tomorrow or, or tonight. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a guaranteed win night for you guys too. Will anybody uh, catch Toronto though? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think they're they've got too much firepower, and uh, you know, I think they. Um, uh, the, that top line there can play with anybody. Winnipeg's good, and I think Winnipeg's going to be there. I, I don't think they can win that division by more than you know six to eight points. But I think they're they're going to be fine in that division. Kyle Dubas is talking about adding, yeah, players, yeah, adding forwards. We all thought their defense was horrible, but he's looking to add some forwards. Well, and I mean, this is the year, right? Because top four, you know, you win your division, you're you're. In the final four, like we don't know what next year is going to look like as far as plans and things like that. I mean, you've got an opportunity to put yourself in a twenty-five percent chance to win the Stanley Cup for the first time since nineteen sixty-seven. Uh, you better uh, unpack some of these top prospects and 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 make a run if you think you can. And uh, in the Central Division, uh, we have uh, Florida leading right now. And uh, I still like Tampa Bay. Yeah, so do I. Do you? Yeah. I, Are we going to agree on everything so far? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think okay. so. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I still like Tampa Bay. Carolina is very good. And and they've started to really figure out, I think, what has been one of their weaker positions in goaltend, goaltending. Um, Peter Morazic hurt. James Reimers resurrected himself. Alex Nedeljkovic has, has come in and played very well for them. So I think uh, I think Carolina's in a really good spot. Florida, to me, is just going to be an, um, another uh, another one of those cases where they're good. I don't think they're there yet. Um, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be part of the dance and such. But uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Tampa Bay, I think. They have a game in hand on Florida, who leads that division as the mm-hmm. the time of this recording. Uh, I just think they have way too much. Yeah. And they have arguably the best goaltender in the league in Vasilevsky. Exactly. And then in the East, the Islanders are currently leading that division. And uh, where do we think that's going to end up? Uh, Islanders red hot right now, mm-hmm. but I, I still like Washington to win this division. I think... Uh, They've got some tremendous firepower up front. And we have to remember that Washington started this season with Samsonov mostly on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. And he's their number one netminder. If he comes back, he comes back strong, which he has already started to show signs of. 
Uh, I liked Washington to win this division. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. Ooh. I, I think, Ooh. yeah, I'm going to go. I mean, right now, again, as of this recording, they're five points out. Um, not insurmountable by any stretch, especially since we're all just playing each other in this division as as we go along. Really, four-point games across the board. Um, but to me, that that's uh, that comes down to Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, and I don't think they make that move. I think they know that they've got a ticking clock with some of their stars. I know Malkin's been in and out of the lineup this year. Um, I, I think those two are not just there to keep things warm. I think if anybody, if you were to pick a team for me in the NHL that I would expect might make the biggest splash at the deadline, I think it's Pittsburgh. And I think I, I'm going off of that, that hunch that that would be enough to, to get them that uh, division crown. Makes sense. Those two guys want to put their stamp on the team sooner th- rather than later. I right? think so. I think they're, you know, that, that window is is time is running out in Pittsburgh and I think this is one last one last shot maybe to to really make a make a, a statement John who do you have in the east yeah I'm thinking probably the capitals um the goal is for head and shoulders above everyone else and I think that's what it comes down to is firepower mm-hmm. for the capitals. yeah I mean the Islanders give them all the credit in the world nine wins in a row at one point uh, when we're, we're going into this uh, to me to get nine wins in a row to just get into first place seems like a, a tough task to, to stay in. Um, but, you know, again, we all play in the division and and you're going to see these same teams over and over again. So there's going to be some big games down the stretch. And then in the West, the Golden Knights uh, leading a tight division there. Um, do you think they'll hang on to the lead? Yeah, I think uh, Vegas wins that one. I think they're the cream of the crop of in that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota is second at the time of this recording. Yeah. And which is a huge surprise for me, especially when you look at their underlying numbers. Their special teams are not very good. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I like Vegas. I, I think Colorado will really push down the stress here, but I, I think Vegas is first. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And we're going to talk about one of the Minnesota studs uh, coming up a, a little bit later on in the show. I know when you're looking at the standings, and, and this is uh, a little bit um, uh, you know, unexpected as far as questioning is concerned, is there a team that's sitting in fourth uh, or a team in the league that you think is in the playoff picture right now that's going to fall out by the time the season's done? Well, I look at one team in the in the Central – and I think Dallas, they have 24 points in 24 games, only nine points back of a playoff spot, which mm-hmm. is Chicago, but they have six games in hand. Yeah. That's 12 points that they can make up. And, and Dallas, remember, went all the way in the, in the bubble last mm-hmm. year, right? So uh, I think the Stars still have something to push here down the stretch. I think Chicago's a great story. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're a playoff team. Yeah, and, and I, one of the, the big numbers when you look at those two teams, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, Dallas, plus five goal differential. Chicago's minus six. So we're far enough in there that we can kind of gauge some of the, the information in there. Uh, I mean, in the, um, in the East... Philly's right there. Um, Carter Hart is probably the difference there. If if he, again, gets red hot, maybe he's able to bump off one of these other teams. I think the North is pretty well set uh, as far as where or who and where is going to be in, in, in the West as well. I don't think the West is going to be all that entertaining in the 4-5 race, but 1-2-3-4 is, is probably going to uh, shuffle a little bit. John, your Canucks going to make a push in the North or... 
Uh, I did the math and I took a look, and if they sweep Ottawa, assuming that they could do that, they still have to almost play 600 hockey against everybody else, and I just don't see that. So negative John Rashad is saying <laughs> no to the playoffs. Just confirming. Kel Supreme. No, yeah. no to the playoffs. Shocker. The Very pessimist. Good. <laughs> John Rashad coming through in flying colors again. I think if I was a, a fan of one of your uh, favorite sports teams as well, nothing would unnerve me more than you being like, no, I think they got this. <laughs> oh, no. Are you kidding me? The kiss of death. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if, if half of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs went on the COVID list and Vancouver was able to bring back any player that played in their history for one game, I still think, yeah, but that Austin Matthews. <laughs> I don't know. I still, I'd probably take the money on Toronto. <laughs> yep, I'm always... Oh, man. Uh, we were talking about fourth-place teams, and speaking of a fourth-place team in the West, the St. Louis Blues have signed Bennington. Saved by Bennington. Another shot. Another save on Garland. Oh, Bennington reaching back with the blocker. Made an awesome save on Garland. He's a good friend of the podcast, and the Blues signed him to a six-year, $36 million deal. Is this a good deal for both sides? Yeah, I think it's a great deal. I, I think that, uh, you know, he gets paid. He gets what he, uh, he has come into him. And, and, you know, most of these long-term contracts in, in any sport or any real position, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're getting paid for what you've done and not necessarily what you're going to do. And he won the Stanley Cup. And uh, there's not a lot of reasons that you can put ahead of Jordan Bennington for why the, the St. Louis Blues got so hot in the new year and ended up making that run. Um, you know, even at the end of the day, uh, he, he is going to be eighth highest paid goaltender in the league, so he's not setting a new pace. It's not uh, anything ridiculous. Uh, there's certainly goaltenders on that list that are higher paid than him that shouldn't be. I think he's in a pretty good, com- you know, comfortable spot, obviously financially, and and I still think it gives the Blues some wiggle room there. Totally agree. I think it's a win-win deal for both sides. As you mentioned, six million average, not going to break the bank for the St. Louis Blues because their window is right now if you think about it. Yeah, and they've now got, they've solidified the back end with Bennington. Um, I know some people, some detractors are going to say, well, his numbers have gone down. He was awful in the bubble. The Blues were awful in the bubble. Yeah, they They, were. They they were dealing with COVID. I think a number of players were recovering from COVID, and and I think that's why St. Louis sucked in the bubble. Mm -hmm. But if you take a look at Bennington's numbers, when he signed the deal, he had reached the 100 games played mark in the NHL. Over that time, save percentage, 915. Goals against, 2.38. That's going to win you a lot of hockey games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I think the the money in the this case kind of puts him where he is amongst his peers. Um, I would suggest that he's a top 10 goaltender in the league. Uh, I I would have a hard time moving him that much higher on that list, but he's not being paid like the best goalie in in the league like you see in in the NFL or in Major League Baseball where everybody just overlaps each other all the time. Uh, I I think it's a pretty fair market value for what you're getting. And he's 27. Like, yeah. I, I think he's going to be able to play out this entire contract mm-hmm. and be good during the length it of this be. contract. And the NHL also announced a seven-year broadcast deal with ESPN. Is this a good deal for the league, or should they have signed with another network? I think this is a great deal for the National Hockey League. Um, 
seven-year broadcast deal worth $400 million a year. Money talks. The NBC deal that the league is currently in, $200 million a year. Mm -hmm. So this new agreement doubles. And there's still a second part of it that they can sell. Right. They they can still sell the second-tier package. Yeah. To NBC, back to NBC if they want. For or sure. to Fox or mm-hmm. to anyone else. You know, Gary Bettman gets a lot of flack, mm-hmm. especially from fans. But he's a very good business person. And he just secured a massive deal for the league and its owners in a time where they're dealing with a flat cap, mm-hmm. no fan revenue whatsoever. This is huge for the NHL. It is. Uh, my, my only concern in the deal is uh, what this is going to look like for fans down the road. So they've already said that a lot of the streaming games for out of market are going ESPN+. Plus. They're kind of getting away from NHL.TV. I don't know what that means in Canada. I don't know if that changes anything there uh, with that. Uh, also, you know, again, it's it's another another thing, another package you're going to have to buy if, if you're if you're a subscriber to, to American Television. Right now, ESPN Plus is cheaper than the NHL TV. I would expect that that's going to change quite a bit once all the games move over there. Apparently, some in market games are also going to be on there. So the deal, the TV deals, um, and and we see that the same uh, up here as well. I mean, you've got to have um, Sportsnet One, you've got to have the TSN Go, or what you know, whatever it is. And there's always just something else. Um, so I'm I'm a little concerned with how that's going to work up here. Um, but overall, for the league, I, I I mean, you can't you can't turn down double plus uh, when when you get you know ESPN uh, that. That jumps on board. As long as the the price point for those packages for those packages for fans to watch hockey games doesn't double in price mm-hmm. like this deal, I still think it's a good value, and I I think it's good to for them to grow the game because now you have the premier sports network in the U.S. For sure. We'll be talking about hockey. Stephen A. Smith, we posted we yeah. posted this on our social feed. Stephen A. Smith talking about the top five things he knows about hockey. Yeah. He doesn't know anything about He doesn't hockey. know anything. <laughs> he still thinks Barry Melrose is... <laughs> he loves Barry Melrose's soup game. He does. Right? But, I mean, just even him talking about money or talking about hockey may do more for the game of hockey uh-huh. than having the games broadcast on the network. I think this is huge for the NHL and for hockey fans. I remember the last time I was in the U.S. and watching Sports Center on ESPN during playoffs, and you couldn't find it anywhere on Sports Center. So now that ESPN is going to be back in business with the NHL, I think that moves the NHL way up the lineup on Sports Center, which is a really big deal in the U.S. Yeah, and it also introduces the opportunity for, of course, spin-off shows, debate shows, things like that as well. I mean, there's there's going to obviously be an education factor for for some of the anchors there that have never seen hockey before in their lives, that they know that they're talking the talk, and you know, may open up some more opportunities for uh, for some of those guys uh, down the road as well. So it does seem like ESPN's getting into the NHL game, and I think you know. 
in in the United States, if your sport is trying to get the most exposure it possibly can, there's no four letters that are more important than ESPN. Further to what you have talked about in previous shows, Matt, it's what is the league going to do with this? Just as what is the mm-hmm. team going to do after they spend money? What is the league going to do? In my mind, the league needs to showcase individual talents. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, even though they're on Canadian-based teams, they need to be front and center profiled all the time on all of the marketing, including the marketing yep. on ESPN. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. And a lot of hockey this week. Our play of the week features the NHL as well. Yeah, and that's uh, brought to you by Next Level Athletics. Uh, Shane specializes in sport training and nutrition to prepare your body for the next level. He's turned down six-year, $36 million <laughs> deals. He's turned down seven-year, $400 million deals I heard because he just cares on, about you. I heard he's working on his own show, though. I don't know if it'll be on ESPN. Oh, goodness. I hear he's working on his own show. Wow. Well, that's going to be something. If it involves Shane taking his shirt off, my girlfriend's not allowed to watch. (laughs) And the play of the week comes from a rookie sensation in Minnesota. Kaprizov, one of the wraparound, still with it. Fire scores! The thrill makes it 2-0! Guys, I want to know, is Kaprizov a lock for the Calder Trophy for NHL Rookie of the Year? It's pretty close to a lock at this point. A thousand and ten percent, it's a lock. Yeah, the only one I was thinking of, uh, Kevin Lankadin, the goalie in Chicago. I mean, if he can get the Chicago Blackhawks in the playoffs, um, you know, I'm sure he'll get some looks. His numbers aren't spectacular, but um, he's he's stepped up and he's Chicago is not where I would have expected they would be at this point especially since you know I always use or kind of gauge them with the Red Wings as rebuilds kind of at the same time a little bit different because of the star power that uh, Chicago still has but um, uh, he might be all right but other than that I think it's it's a one horse race yeah uh, you can put this in the bank lock it up put it in the safe with my Mario Lemieux rookie card uh, bet on it bet the farm on it if you want Kaprizov's winning the Calder 24 points in 26 games he's made watching the Minnesota Wild exciting again this again? again. <laughs> yeah, they had that one time they were all right when they first not, started there. And... Not since the Minnesota North Stars <laughs> have I seen so much hockey from Minnesota. And now let's move on to football. The CFL and the XFL have announced they're in discussions to resume play. Do you think a merger between these two leagues can work? I'm interested to see how they unroll this merger. Um, Will it even be a merger? Like, we don't even know, That's just it. You know, I'm thinking about it. I like the idea of player movement, of being able to move players from the CFL to the XFL or trade within the leagues or whatever it would be. Um, I'm obviously very interested to see what they do with the third down, fourth down uh, thing, if, if that if they end up picking one or leave it the way it is. Um, I don't want there to be American CFL teams and Canadian XFL teams. I want them to kind of stay apart that way. I don't really want an American team winning the Grey Cup. 
Um, it's happened once before. I know, I know. But you know what? Uh, for w- one of the the guys uh, that's out there, um, who I think is just brilliant and and uh, in basically everything he does is Dwayne Johnson, and and you know just the. I was really really hoping my order for the Terramana tequila was going to be here because I knew we were going to talk about this, and that would have really led into St. <laughs> Patrick's Day festivities. <laughs> It's on order. It's not here yet. But, like, you know, the the movies, the business side of things, you know, uh, he seems like a real genuine person and and he's obviously got a history with the xfl he's got a history with the cfl so i i can't imagine betting against something he's really he's really moving towards he's pretty savvy business i think he's brilliant i think he's absolutely brilliant um this smells of the rock to steal the word from his wrestling career um uh it's all about money uh, you mentioned the Rock's connections. He used to play in the CFL, right? So um, this has got his fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. He's trying. I'm, I'm just, I don't know how it'll work. I'm like you. I don't want to see CFL teams in the U.S. Right. They tried that from 93 to 96. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Three, it lasted three years. They had one Grey Cup winner in Baltimore, was it, Rashad? You're the CFL export, yep. right? It was Baltimore. Yeah. And, and. You know, is it uh, the CFL traditionally plays at a time when the NFL is playing, Mm -hmm. where the XFL wants to create a season that's opposite of the NFL schedule? Right. So does that mean the CFL is going to change its schedule to adapt? Are they going to have two conferences and the winner from each the XFL faces the winner See, of like the that CFL. I like, that. I like that idea a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe that'll work. And if it's in Canada, it's a three down rule. If it's in the mm-hmm. U.S., it's a four down rule. Like, I don't know how this will work, but uh, I, I think it's a good move for both leagues to go down this path mm-hmm. to try to resume play to find a way to resume play because mm-hmm. right now they're in limbo and try to make some money because the CFL is a long tradition. It'd be terrible to see this league fall by the wayside, especially after a pandemic. Yeah, and I really want to get uh, John, uh, your your take on it. The only other thing that I'll throw in there, and, and you know, again, uh, Dwayne Johnson, I've, I've praised him already. Uh, the My only hesitancy is I don't want this to become hokey. I, I don't want this to be a gimmick um, you know, where, you know, like the XFL is a gimmick, and it's, you know, they there are players that come out of the XFL that play, have played professional football after that, and I'm not questioning that, but it's it's a little bit too jokey for me where the CFL I think is the complete opposite of that and it rich in tradition and more yes. you know mature yeah. and, and and all of that so I really don't want them to take that part of it away um, but you know uh, Rashad what do you think yeah I don't know how this is going to work I just don't see how you guys mentioned the uh, two different seasons already and then the different number of downs and then the ball <clears throat> it's a different size ball mm-hmm. in Canada yeah. too so yeah. Everything is different. CFL's balls are bigger. <laughs> <laughs> that was a marketing campaign. <laughs> Didn't you have that T-shirt, Rashad? <laughs> I still do. <laughs> you can't throw that out even though it doesn't fit anymore. So I'd be interested to see how this works, but there are a lot more questions than answers, sure. right? And uh, one thing we do have the answer for, Drew Brees has called a career, and uh, he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame, yeah. obviously. Uh, what do you think he'll be most remembered for? Well, he started his career in San Diego, but I think he'll be most remembered for his time in New Orleans. Obviously, he played most 
of his career there, 15 of his 20 seasons he played in New Orleans. Um, he was an MVP, won a Super Bowl with the Saints in 2009, um, 13 Pro Bowls, Man of the Year in 2006. And I think that's what he'll be remembered most for in New Orleans, at least. Because 2006, when he won Man of the Year, just happened after Katrina. Mm-hmm. After Hurricane Katrina hit that city and how he sort of led the Saints um, onto the field, marched them onto the field. Uh, and the theme was to help the city of New Orleans mm-hmm. recover. And that first game in New Orleans was electric after the Hurricane Katrina. And I think um, Drew Brees was the face of that recovery from from that sports perspective. And the residents of New Orleans could rally around their football team, around Drew Brees and their football team. Uh, I think he... He may also be remembered as the all-time passing leader, although I don't know if that mark's going to hold up. Right. But um, I just think people will remember him for his play uh, on the field, but also off the field because of his response to Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, and and you and I uh, are either drinking the same Kool-Aid or something because we're going to agree on this as well. When when I've got uh, my notes in front of me of the, you know, uh, different topics and such, the only thing I've got written uh, under Drew Brees is the city of New Orleans. And there, you know, in thinking of that, I'm not sure that there is an athlete that is such a city representative at a time that they needed it the most and and has continued that action than what Drew Brees did with Katrina. I, I think he, you know, the, I know him and his family still do a ton of charity work and, and all of that in there. I know they're still involved in food banks and, and all of that, that that happened in New Orleans and New Orleans has become his his home um, through, through all of this. To me, the other thing that... Uh, you know, is the deal itself um, that brought him to, to to New Orleans. He was in bad shape. Like, he was borderline career-ending or threatening when he got traded to New Orleans. And the resurgence and what he was able to do for that, that team, which obviously didn't have a ton of success for a long time before him anyways, uh, he, you know, really revitalized that team and, and revitalized that city. You know, I, I think of of the the actions or the events that have happened around the, the United States, or whether it's, you know, the natural or terrorism or, or things like that. Uh, to me, it's David Ortiz's speech at Fenway after the, the marathon bombings and Drew Brees. And what and what he did after Katrina, and I, I you know, I think that of all the all the people going into the Hall of Fame for statistics, and the statistics are there. There's nobody can question that. Um, he's he's just a man that represents a, a city. Yeah, when Breeze was coming off that crazy injury in San Diego, mm-hmm. he had a chance to go to New Orleans or Miami, like the Dolphins brought Breeze in for a workout. weren't thrilled with that. They signed Dante Culpepper Mm -hmm. instead of Drew Brees. Drew Brees went to New Orleans. Imagine if the Dolphins had signed Brees, how much success they would have. For sure. Because Drew Brees was very successful in New Orleans. Plenty of other news around the NFL with the start of free agency. So Tom Brady is staying in Tampa Bay. Cam Newton is still in New England, but he'll have some new weapons around him as the Patriots are spending big bucks this week. They signed six new players. Do you think they've done enough to retake the AFC East from the Buffalo Bills? I'm going to say no. I, I think the Bills are still quite a bit better, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I like the targets that uh, that they brought in uh, for for Cam Newton. Um, you know, I'd, I'm not sure that Cam Newton is 
really head and shoulders above uh, what uh, what they're going to need. I mean, they're going to need an MVP year from from Cam Newton if they're they're going to try to pull off that division. To be honest with you, uh, you know the defense is is going to be good. I don't think it's outstanding, and and I don't necessarily think you know the the offense, despite the the new additions and and you know whether whether um, the the tight end from uh, the Chargers, whose name's escaping me now, Hunter Hunter Henry Henry is is the next coming of of Gronkowski, or if they can put that sort of a, a mold or scheme together I don't think so though I don't I don't think they're they're there yet uh, I think the Patriots will be a whole lot better in fact I predict they'll make the playoffs but I don't think they're going to unseat the bills mm-hmm. in the AFC East uh, I, I the difference is yes they signed Henry they also signed Jonu Smith Nelson Aguilar Kendrick Bourne a lot more offensive weapons mm-hmm. if you played New England last year you knew they were going to run the ball. You packed the box because mm-hmm. you knew they were either going to run with Sonny Michelle or another running back or Cam Newton. Now Cam Newton can throw the ball. Yep. And and the team the team's success will fall on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the better quarterback in Josh Allen. Um, but I still think the Patriots will be better and will make the playoffs. Uh, I'll, I'll put money on that. Um, Matt Judon, they sign on the defensive end. Um I just don't think they have enough of what Buffalo will make. I'm interested, too, about Miami. Will three teams from that division make the playoffs? It's not happened very often. Right? Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, it, they they do look improved as well. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that's a really hard task to, to, to do is that end up having those three teams from one division get in um but there's there's certainly uh, some teams out there that that have no interest in keeping buffalo at the top for for very right. long the patriots are spending almost 250 mm-hmm. million dollars mm-hmm. in two days right to to try to unseed the bills i don't know if they can do it but they're trying and just to keep track here, that's uh, money on uh, on the the Patriots making the playoffs, and on the Calder a winner as well. Yes, that we're into so far. Okay. I'm laying bets All everywhere. Right, I'm laying just, bets just, everywhere. Just following along. Okay. Shop, mark these. You, we can roll them back in six to eight months' time <laughs> if you want. <laughs> All right, we'll see if we can uh, bet on something else here. We've covered a lot, but now it's time for rapid fire. Are you guys ready? Let's yes. go. Are you ready? Baseball season is just around the corner, and the Texas Rangers say they're going to allow full capacity for fans on opening day against the Toronto Blue Jays. A thumbs up or a thumbs down on that? That's pure insanity. <laughs> that's absolutely, that's not even a thumbs down, that's a middle finger down. <laughs> thumbs that's down. insanity. Both thumbs down. Um, we're now officially entering the third wave of the pandemic. Yes. And the Rangers are doing this. Plus, for their last two exhibition games, mm-hmm. they're allowing anybody and everybody to come in. This is terrible. And they had said that uh, it's, it's masks required at your seats, which is a good thing you don't snack all game right. and drink beer at a baseball game outside in Texas in early April, end of March. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> And we posted a video on our social media about the New York Mets practicing their <laughs> celebrations after winning Game 7 of the World Series. And do we like that move? I hate it. <laughs> get get <laughs> real. John, you too? Yes. You hate I these love cocky bastards? Come I, on. I love it. 
I love it. Come on. It's spring we training. We disagree on something. I don't know. What are we, 25 minutes in or something? I love it. No, you don't. I absolutely, I absolutely do. Look, they're in. What the, have they won? Nothing. They're yes. in, they're in an empty stadium. There's nobody around. I don't even know what the play was that constituted them jumping around. It could have been a you know, it, it could have been a pop up to Lindor and he dropped the, the one before. Through the ball, infield infield drills. It's, the coach threw the ball. It's great. Oh I, I love it. It's it's exciting. It gives them a, you know something to to. Look forward to. Uh, I think it's. I think it's fun. I think spring training is way too long, way too boring for these players. They spice it up. Let them have a little fun. I, I'm disappointed they didn't bring water coolers out and dump it on people and build a stage and do speeches and have a little trophy that was like a duck or something like that. They got out of the training room. I, th- I think you should have done a whole presentation for it. I think it's great. Oh man, the Mets just jinxed themselves. They have the Jobu jinx. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle Lowry says he will always be a Toronto Raptor, even if he gets traded at the NBA deadline. And uh, so they got me thinking: Who do you think is the greatest Raptor of all time? Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't Kawhi. <clears throat> it ain't Vince Carter, because all he did win was the dunk contest, and that's an individual performance. Kyle Lowry. Is the greatest Raptor of all time, Morris Peterson? Oh come on! I think Morris now, Peterson now you're just is drinking. the greatest. Are you sure you didn't get the rocks tequila and drink it all before the show? Come on! No, I I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you 100. percent Second all time in assists. Second all time in steals. Third all time in points. Second all time in games. Wins the championship. What what more do you need? He's the man. And speaking of goats, Ronaldo has laid claim to being the greatest goal scorer in soccer history. Agree or disagree? One thousand percent agree. This guy is a goal scoring machine. He's thirty six years old. Scored three goals in one game to pass the mark to get to seven hundred and seventy goals. He scored with Sporting, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Juventus, and of course Portugal. Pele even said so. Uh, Pele recognized for 767 goals in competitive matches. Even he said that Ronaldo is the greatest goal scorer of all time. I 1,000% disagree. No, you don't! (laughs) (laughs) He came into this sport when they made the Nets bigger. No, they didn't! Get out of here! You're just arguing for the but sake I of I don't know anything about soccer, Rashad. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Did he say this? He said that he's the greatest scorer? Yes. Okay. And Pele said you're right. Okay. Now, you could, maybe you could argue Messi. Uh-huh. But Messi has scored plenty of goals. I think he's in the 600 sphere of goals scored, but I also see him as a wizard with the ball, not necessarily the greatest goal scorer of all time. If you need a goal, who you put out there? Ronaldo. All said and done. Lock it up. Thousand percent. Um, Just a little minor thing on that that uh, doesn't really matter to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they call in the business a teaser, everybody. (laughs) Here's something nobody cares about. Yep, I just want to hear myself talk. (laughs) 
No, I was just going to say, how refreshing is it that he scored three goals to pass the mark? Because how many times have we watched somebody on the verge of hitting a major record and they go seven or eight or ten games mm-hmm. without scoring and you're going, come on, happen already. I'm just amazed there were three goals scored in a soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, when you first moved down here, Manny, and we watched the Euro Cup, I think we watched three goals happen the entire tournament when we were sitting out at <laughs> John Max. Portugal won that. Of course they did. Ronaldo. We went downtown. We sat out in front of the Manchester and watched everybody drive up and down Olette with the flags and stuff. All Manny's seven sitting them. there telling the waitresses <laughs> that it's because he just moved to town. It's on, <laughs> it was a great afternoon. Oh, it was partially true. <laughs> <laughs> And Justin Bieber's new song, Hold On, includes a video he dedicated to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Guys, what do you think? Pump it or dump it? I need you to hold on. Heaven is a place not too far away. We all know I should be the one to say we all make mistakes. I'm going to say a thousand percent. No, I, I, it's, <laughs> look, I, well, the first time I heard it, I thought it was really good. Uh, since I've heard it a few more times, it's just, it's missing a good hook. It's a little flat for me. I love it. No. <laughs> I hate that it's we dedicated. We don't agree on anything. <laughs> I hate that it's dedicated to the Leafs. The song has nothing to do about hockey. No. So I have no idea why he's dedicating this song to the Leafs. But that's just a Leafs fan thinking for you. That's They're just crazy yeah. to begin with. But uh, I do like the song. I'd pump it. I watched the video and I was like, she's not a hockey player. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Bieber doesn't normally have people with mustaches in his video, does he? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh, March Madness begins this weekend. You know what? Uh, I'm I'm trying to do a a March Madness uh, pool at our office virtually. um, And it's got... brackets with everything? Yeah, so like ESPN's um, one of their little spinoff things. You can go on and fill it on virtually and then click on... And, like print this bracket and it shows up with the print screen of what it's going to print screenshot that and, and send it to send it to me so we got probably 15 people into this thing right now so it should be alright we're just going to do it for fun but I was thinking when I was filling out the bracket I've never known less about college basketball than I do right now I've never claimed to know much about it but gun to head I cannot name a single player that's playing in this tournament really? the only person I know involved in this tournament is Juwan Howard and he's the coach. And he's the coach of the University of Michigan. So I I know nothing. And I every time I fill out a bracket, I think, oh, I'm going to just blow this up. This guy, we're going to have a 15 seed against a 14 seed in the final. I got number one Gonzaga and number two Houston in my, my bracket. Okay. Gonzaga has been number one from the beginning of the year. The get-go. To the start of this mm-hmm. tournament. So... If, if anybody's going to do that, nobody has ever been number one from start to finish. Right. But in, in a pandemic season, why not? Gonzaga, great chance to do it. I really like Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan, so mm-hmm. uh, I'll put that out there first and foremost. But I really do like them to win the East. Uh, Isaiah Livers is hurt. There's a player for Oh, you. okay. Isaiah Livers. All right. Okay. Keep an eye on that He's guy. He's hurt. Oh, jeez. So it's not good for Michigan. They need somebody to step up, especially if he does not play. If he comes back, I like Michigan's chances. But if he doesn't, it's a tough bracket. Uh, Georgetown, LSU, Bama, Texas, UConn, all in the East could come out of the East that way. But uh, I like Michigan, Gonzaga as some of my favorites. 
If you need me to go back a little bit for you, uh, Matt, for NCAA, uh, Chris Weber. <laughs> <laughs> what was he like as a pro, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's another thing no one cares about. Did you know the uh, first couple of days of March Madness are the uh, top time of the year in the U.S. for vasectomies? Because the guys... Just uh, book a couple of days off, put a bag of frozen peas down there, and uh, sit there and watch the games all day. No, they That's don't. That's actually a thing. You're that lying. Apparently it's a thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Everybody makes an appointment before the tournament begins so they can be off work with a bag of peas on their lap. Because if they're going to be home, you might as well watch wall-to-wall basketball. Over I wall. guess. I've seen that in an article that's, somewhere. That's a different way of busting your, bra- <laughs> your bracket, isn't it? <laughs> busting something. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I'll find an article and uh, we'll see if we can post it. Please Yeah, yeah, we'll put it out there. And uh, finally, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, what are you guys doing to celebrate? Well, Well, I'm hammered, so... I'm changing my plans because we don't have Dwayne Johnson's tequila (laughs) right now. Oh, would have lined up perfectly. No, I mean, my my kids are wearing green. (laughs) Ev's wearing green to school. Uh, That's... Uh, I might put some food coloring in the in something tonight for dinner. I, uh, not not too much. Do you know what's the worst? Is my daughter turns fourteen the day after St. Patrick's Day this week, and it's great. We're going to have a great celebration for yeah. her birthday. Um, but when Abby turns nineteen, say, you're not worried about fourteen. I'm, you're... I'm not going to be too happy about St. Patrick's Day. John, you're coming down for that. We're going to take her out. We'll be the bodyguards. Make sure nothing happens. That's right. The DD or whatever. You're going to have to carry her out too. <laughs> Oh, man. That's our show for today. We hope you liked it. And uh, you can always send us your feedback at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, you can follow us on social media as well. uh, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well for future considerations. If you've got any suggestions for where Manny's daughter should go in five (laughs) years, the day after St. Patrick's Day, send those uh, to us as well. Oh, man. Please don't. Please don't. I'm already sweating. Oh, uh, by the way, we have another show coming up later this week, so I hope you enjoyed this one. But coming up later this week, the second episode of the week, we always call it the OT, and our guest will be none other than former Windsor Spitfires captain Luke Boca. Great grab. Excited to have him on the show. Yeah, with all the stuff that's going on in the in the OHL and, and hockey in general, uh, he'll be he'll be outstanding. So look for that on Friday. Yeah, so until next time, thanks for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their mo for the last three years. Tonight, I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.